The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to languages for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neralothotep in the Egypt chapter. We have a very special episode for you today, as it is an introductory episode or a prelude for a brand new investigator. And so I would like to welcome... This is Lonnie, and I am playing Adel Zar, who is perhaps the best guide in all of Egypt. Undeniably. Yep. So what I'd like you to do is give us a, just a general rundown of Adel and uh, maybe give a bit of a, of a description of how he looks, uh, what he wears, that sort of thing. He is a uh, young man from, well... He looks yeah he he looks older than he is but uh, that's beside the point. He's a young man from the tribal regions of Iraq, and uh, he is in Egypt because uh, that's where all the guide work is, and he is the best guide in Egypt. So of course he would be there. You may not have heard of him, but that's not because uh, he's not qualified or competent. It's simply because people you know know who to go to when they want a professional. Clearly. And in Egypt, very common guides are called? Dragoman, yes. And so under the um, kind of social air of being a dragoman, he likely occasionally can be found outside hotels or bars selling himself as a expert in all of Cairo and all of Egypt, well, upper yes. and lower. I mean, I mean, you have any, everywhere from uh, Giza and parts south of Giza because of course everybody knows about Howard Carter and his expeditions and everybody wants to be the next Howard Carter. Really? But the desert holds many such places. Indeed. And so I suppose give our listeners an idea of that first breath look at a, at a new day, a morning for Otto. When, when do things start? How does he go through if he's not working already? What are his days like? Well, his days are a uh, a quick morning awakening, early in the morning. First, there's a quick cleanup. You know, get yourself presentable for the day. You know, you have to you have to look smart and look right. You know, or else everybody will just think you're another beggar on the street. And uh, his first thing would be to dress down more like a commoner, because uh, he has to go to the docks first. He has to mingle with the common laborers that are down there and uh, check 
check the manifest, see, see what ships are coming in, see which ships are going out. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he'd probably spend time between Cairo and then obviously Port Said yep. and even into Alexandria because those are two, the two main ports that serve the Nile Delta. Right. And then eventually lead down to Cairo. Yep. Okay. Uh, if he doesn't have any specific guide work during the day after checking lists or preparing things, is he heading back towards Cairo to try to pick up work at some of the more uh, higher class English hotels or... Not right at the moment. Um, he's trying to uh, vary his clientele. But right now, what he would mostly be doing is talking with people at the soup. Mm. He he might uh, find a, a lunch in a, in a nice hookah bar. Mm. Fantastic. Like I said, you know, the British, they're, they're nice people, but uh, he's looking more for foreigners to the region. Oh, okay. The English tend to... Uh, have unfortunate amounts of old boy network insiderism. They have they have their favorites and they don't go off of them. I think then what I'd like to get an idea of is a little bit of Adol's history, where he came from, how he got to Egypt. Well, he he was born like I said in the tribal regions of Iraq, but his family was of fairly good note in the area. Um, this was in the waning days of the Ottoman Empire. And seeing that trouble was coming, his family took pains as he was the oldest son. His parents took pains to uh, have him uh, removed to England during that conflict. How long did he spend in England? He only spent a few years in, in England, four or five. But he had a chance to uh, obtain uh, Western schooling which was very important. And sure. as part of that, um, with the uh, uptick in the craze in archaeology, um, he thought that that was a good field to get into. And he certainly knew his way around how to get to places. So then it's just a matter of on-the-ground knowledge. So when the uh, conflict with the Ottoman Empire was over, he went to Egypt. And after he went to Egypt he immediately started working as a, as a guide there. So he's been a guide for how long would you say? Been a guide for about five years. Okay. He started very young. Hmm. Interesting. All right. We'll pick up with Otto and one of his, in one of his morning walkabouts, he's going down to check the uh, transportation lists mm -hmm. and he's checking in at the train station here in Cairo because he knows that it comes directly from Port Said, and that's usually where all of the newcomers arrive. Yep. And with Howard Carter's work and uh, Egypt mania having exploded in the past few years, there is always some group of Americans or such yep. coming into Egypt who likely are prepared to not only bumble about the desert, but likely willing to spend their savings on hopefully becoming the next great archaeologist. Yes, and of course um, you wouldn't want them to fall in with one of these charlatans or, or uh, tour guides. No, no, of um, course not. No, of course no. not. I mean, they could they could probably show you the outside of one of the diggings of real archaeologists, but uh, they're worthless otherwise. So, you know, you don't want any of those bumblers. You want, uh, you want a professional. Yeah, and you're a professional. Absolutely. So, you are checking with a 
a local who helps run the lists. Uh, and these lists are pretty well common uh, amongst the Dragomen. And that is, they get word, uh, usually from one of the other ports or um, these uh, floating barges that come in. So the thing about Port Said that's important that you would definitely know is ships don't dock directly in Port Said. No, no. They sit out in the Mediterranean. They have these vessels that go out to them, pick up people, and bring them in. Yep. And so you're very familiar with kind of the what some people have called the um, the local, the, the Egyptian welcome, which is they get mobbed by young people, guides, uh, tons of crooks and criminals yep. that try to get a hold of their bags or get a hold of them and get them into things. And you're watching this sort of, it would be rude to call it a malay, but that is pretty close to what it is. Uh, from your position and your experience, it's more like piranhas. And you see them waiting for these boats to finally come in. And as they do, they get surge. Surges wave of wave after people to bring in steamer trunks, to pick up bags, to run off to hotels. It's not, I wouldn't say it's laughable, but there is always a bit of a good-natured chuckle that you get with each flotilla that finally arrives. There's absolutely a comedic element to it. Oh, there has to be. I mean, this is this is Egypt. This is the life of Egypt. And this is more new blood coming in. And that can only mean, in some regard, more opportunity for you. Exactly. As you're there, a young man uh, who's working with the list worker turns to you and says, Otto, there was a, a gentleman here looking for you, uh, a foreigner. He says in very crisp Arabic. Uh, what kind of foreigner? Uh, he, had a, he was dressed in a suit. Uh, a dark suit. Um, I think he was from America. He sounded uh, American. Well, he sounds like a smart American if he was looking for me. Did he say what he wanted or where I would find him? He was looking for guide services. I was going to bring it to some other people, but he he said he'd heard of you. But of course. Could he not? So he had uh, the young boy goes into his linens and, and produces a, a white card. I look at the card. It has a single name on it and it lists the name Tariq. And it's it that's literally all it says on the front face of it. And on the back face of it you see the name of a, a local Cairo bar. In crisp, likely fountain pen it says come and meet and have a drink. When I see the name Tariq on it what do I instantly think of? Well, Tariq is not an American name. No, it's uh, not. It's a it's a local name. And so it makes you you begin to drum up a bunch of questions about who this person is. And yeah, there's a lot of questions in your mind at this point. Okay, but I have the name of the bar. You do. So what I will do is I will first I will unobtrusively go to that bar. And look around for just a few minutes. So this is a bar that is, it's open air. Yep. Uh, as many things are mm-hmm. in Cairo. And you, know, you see these, there's obviously these tall pillars. It's open on the first and second floor. Uh, you see some wood slats that are pretty traditional uh, Egyptian make. And then there's a kind of octagonal bar in the middle where the tender is working. Yep. 
uh, serving up anything from, you know, uh, mint teas to aforementioned gin and stuff like that that the uh, British have brought in. Yeah. Um, it's got a fair array of customers at it right now, uh, including several men in nice suits, most of which you are figuring are likely British just by the cut mm-hmm. and the conservative nature of their suits. But the gentleman who's in the back, like under a fan, is uh, reading a newspaper. And the cut of his suit, just based on your guide kind of eyes, you know that that suit is something from America. It's a different style. It's definitely not a British cut. No, not at all. And it's dark. And most people, most foreigners who come to Egypt shed dark clothes for light clothes. Right. Because they don't want to bake in the heat. Exactly. And this gentleman is wearing a dark suit, which again, kind of affords you the assumption, should you wish to take it, that he is likely not a foreigner. Um, because really, they're, I mean, the dragomen, some of the dragomen around here wear darker clothes because they're used to it. Yeah. It doesn't bother them. That said, you're fairly certain you have your quarry. Then I will uh, immediately run back to my place, clean up a little bit, and put on my finest outfit. Okay. And I will head back to the bar. So let's pause for a moment. What is Otto's finest outfit? Well, um, it is a set of flowing robes in a very bright color, a very bright primary color, red, with a under robe of white. Hmm. Okay. So you have a uh, a nice ensemble prepared, yep. and and of course there is a turban, uh, hmm. in in the style of my people. Sure. I guess the best way to explain it to an American would be an explosion of color. Absolutely. Definitely something to stand out. Yep. You return to the bar, and I walk in as if I own the bar. <laughs> now you see several people who uh, other dragomen who are probably taking a pause from the midday sun to uh, relax, uh, acknowledge you, and several of them raise their hand to greet you. The streets of Cairo are, are exceedingly busy at this time, even in the heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the traffic alone in the city, foot traffic, has picked up quite a bit in the past year. Do I see any uh, British officers in here? The local constabulary. So, yeah, you probably see a couple of, of British officers in here, I would imagine. I will avoid uh, making their attention. Hard okay. to do in, in this outfit, but... Uh, yeah. You uh, are going to continue over? Yep. Okay. You see a, I would say a gentleman of, of average height, maybe 5'10", 5'11". Mm-hmm. He has a, uh, a fedora hat. Dark. And he has a well presented dark suit it looks like it's not wool which is what you would expect most suits around here to be worn of this is something different there's almost a a shine to it like a velvet it could be silk okay yeah that is definitely not common you approach him hello Uh, AI folds the paper down and sets it to his his right you can tell his uh, not only tanned hands but tanned face and neck are much more aligned with someone who lives locally than is from America. Yep. Please. He's 
a man likely in his uh, 40s. He has a uh, a somewhat beaked nose, probably a, a bit of a, a jutted chin. He has what almost look like ears that are maybe a little too small for his face. Blonde hair that, that seems to have uh, once been a little darker. Yeah, I was going to say blonde hair is um, definitely different yep. in the area. But he has the mannerisms and look of a person who is used to the desert. Yeah. Thank you for coming. I needed to make sure I found the right person and I pull out the card and show it to him. He takes the card. Mm. Would you like something to drink? Perhaps uh, fresh water or uh, a tea? A tea would be wonderful. Thank you. He makes a motion with his hand and you see a young boy at maybe a table or so over move towards the bar. He's got full. That's interesting. I am looking for a guide. And you have one. I want you to do a very uh, specific piece of work for me. And I am willing to pay quite handsomely for your work. Uh, What is this work? Uh... My employer wishes to have an associate of theirs led properly through Egypt. Cairo mostly, perhaps some places south. Uh, Whether it's the pyramids or whether it is the delta, they are looking for a guide who can not only assist them in circumnavigating any local, um, we'll say, common issues, say uh, the wrong streets, the wrong bars, the wrong hotels, to um, field work. They're very inquisitive. Oh, yes. They have many questions. They'll be seeking many things. What they don't have is someone who has knowledge of how Cairo and the associated country work. Then say no more. Mm. I'm your man. But there is much to say. Much. My offer includes something which will require a bit of subtlety on your part. And what I'm willing to offer along it may help you far more than you can imagine. You see, Odo, I am aware that you perhaps have some issues with the British Embassy here. Some minor misunderstandings? No, no, no. Let us not mince words. Let us be truthful with one another. They would prevent you from leaving this country. This, uh... This might be true. The tea arrives. Uh, Thank you. I stop and I take a sip of the tea. This is wonderful tea. Mm, Yes, it's it's an excellent location. One I have uh, frequented, uh, but not in many years. What I am willing to do, provided you are willing to assist them in their arrival and their journey to Cairo and through, is to use some soft strength to absolve these issues which may be related to your uh, past problems. I, uh, uh, I, you have me at an advantage, sir. Not intentionally. You must understand the, um, 
My employer is aware that her associate, who is arriving shortly, will want to go places which many foreigners may not even know about. They may ask questions. They may seek things which you may not have heard of or may not be necessarily comfortable showing them. They will be insistent. They will be headstrong. It is your job to channel such insistence so that they may safely acquire what they need and finish their time in Egypt without complications. For what you have offered me, uh, you are more than generous and I shall do everything that you ask. Wonderful. So this is my second request then. You will do everything in my first request without any clarity to them. You will prepare yourself and your finest to be at the port of Alexandria for their arrival. You will show them your fluency in English, which will stick out, and then guide them here to Cairo where they may begin their journey of exploration. You will simply be in the right place at the right time, Adel. Do you understand? I do. You will not let on that you have been contracted for doing something specific. This is critical, as some of their members may be inquisitive to your background. Your meeting with me here in this bar with your tea and my coffee never happened. Do I get to know who this person is? Oh, clearly. Yes, of course. The woman in question, he reaches into his jacket and pulls out a photograph. Holy he passes it over the table. And you see a very attractive, light-skinned, almost pale-skinned, dark-haired woman. And, I mean, on a scale of one to ten, she's an eight, eight and a half. Yeah. She's a very attractive woman. And she's clearly an American. And she's clearly probably not wearing enough clothes. She, oh, I mean, she's definitely not wearing enough clothes. I mean, she's in an evening dress or something like that. This woman is very important to my employer, and they do not wish to see any harm come to her or any of her associates. Although, to be perfectly honest with you, as much as I can, I care very little for their associates. We more care about her. Do you understand? I do. It should go without saying that some of them being Americans may be a little rowdy. We would like to avoid any complications with the Egyptian police. As you say, they need to be guided. They must be guided. And so they will need your eyes and ears. Now, for services, it is important that you have the funds that you need. Especially because it may, you may be in need of transportation or south in case they want to see what any Americans will want to see. Pyramids. And so we will be paying a small stipend to you up front to compensate for their travels. So I'm thinking about this immediately. And that's not the way this works, ever. This nope. this is definitely, I mean, it's generally the person who hires the guide. Um, but in this case, it would be this woman would be paying for everything up front. Mm-hmm. The fact that somebody is paying for her and she's not to know about it. 
I'm going to take another very deliberate sip of my tea and take a moment to contemplate this. He sits back a little. I break into a great smile. It would be my honor. You know, if there is one thing that I learned while living here, it was that there's nothing more difficult than making decisions in Cairo, since it's Cairo that usually makes the decisions for you. How to live your life, where and when you can have relationships, and when those relationships end. When you can eat, the amount of filth in your food, depending upon which place you decide to traffic, he kind of gestures around to the room. You are a slave to this city, as many of us are. The only way to win her over is to sell her your soul in a contract written with blood fresh from your veins. That is the Cairo I know. I'm not going to say a word. Internally, I am going, ah, because all of a sudden I have a deep, deep, deep feeling of the underworld. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, this Tariq gentleman radiates it. And the only good thing about it is, is that they seem to be interested in protecting this person rather than making sure that everything they have disappears, including them. <laughs> he reaches into the breast pocket of his uh, the left-hand side of his, his suit and produces a very thin envelope. There should be more than enough here to cover any additional expenses as necessary. Now, I would like you to make it clear to them, no matter their discussion, that they should stay at a reasonable hotel here. You and I have likely lived in this city long enough once or twice to know that some of the hotels here are far less than reputable. But beyond that, they'll need the comfort of a an English bar before they uh, adjust to the city. I think I know just the place. Good. I would imagine you would. It is my job as a guide to know of these places. It is. He takes the um, last sip of his coffee and kind of sets it aside, and you see that same young boy come to the, the table and pick it up and take it back to the bar, which is, like, unheard of in here. Right. Nobody has wait staff. No. And as you probably get a, a bearing a little bit on the location, you can tell now that you're sitting here and having talked with Tariq a little bit, you can see that there's probably two or three tables of distance between him and any other people sitting in the establishment. Something you hadn't even noticed because of the traffic before. Right. But now do. Um, and nobody gets that kind of space no. in a city this packed. Unless they own the place or they're big enough that no one bothers them. I will uh, quickly drain the last of my tea. Mm -hmm. I will stand up, uh, take the envelope and put it into my robe. Mm -hmm. I will bow deeply. I will say uh, thank you. It will be done as you wish. Give me a spothead roll. Sure. Uh, why not? 17. That is a hard success. Very good. You stand up and you bow and you, maybe it's because you're bowing, you're bringing your face a little closer to his body. Mm -hmm. There's two things that you pick up. One is something through the, your, your 
nasal passages. And he smells like frankincense. Like there is an air of... That's money. That's deep money. Yeah, there is an air of almost... When you smell frankincense normally, it's in... uh, It might be outside a church. Right. uh, Or some sort of religious altar. Um, And the second thing you notice, and it's just the slightest evidence of it, but he has on his right wrist a watch. It's a wristwatch. The wristwatch isn't necessarily what you notice about it, but what you tell on the band facing it is that there is a thick braided snake. Like a like a something has been either perhaps burned into the brand, uh, like into the actual band itself, or leather worked into it. There's some sort of symbol there. It's uh, undoubtedly a secret symbol of whoever he works for. Quite possibly. That's not a that's not of interest to me. <laughs> no, of course not. Clearly. Those are the two things you notice. And he uh, acknowledges you and says, after your time is done here with them and they are safely on to their next exploration, return to me here at this bar. Give the bartender this card. He passes you a gold business card. There's no name on it at all. Pass it to the bartender who will come to me. And then I will ensure that the authorities have washed your record clean. I bow again. I don't say anything. I just bow again. I take the card. I put that in next to the envelope. Yep. And I leave (laughs) very quickly. You can feel him watch you go. A couple of the locals probably raise their eyebrows as you as you leave where do you think you'd be off to next I take a look at the photo again okay I think I would like to go find out who this person is yeah on the back of the photo it gives you a date mm-hmm. the date is tomorrow and it says the port of Alexandria I think the best bet would be to go to the big newspaper in town Okay, so there are many newspapers, but the Cairo Bulletin is one of them. I think I would like to find out who this person is, because I have a feeling that whoever this person is, somebody's going to be writing about them showing up. Hmm, okay. Uh, So the Cairo Bulletin's located near the, what you would call probably more the the English section of Cairo. Right. Uh, It's uh, near Shepherd's Hotel, which is likely one of the places that you would eventually recommend them to stay. Yeah. But you're fairly familiar with, uh, at least in writing, with the uh, paper's proprietor, and that would be uh, Nigel Wassef. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're pretty familiar with him as, uh, you know, somebody who uh, is definitely looking for the next story. Also, you would know he has a voluminous uh, amount of information from all sorts of places. Entering the paper is uh, fairly straightforward. There are other, there's several people working here, desks, uh, printing people, uh, people working through uh, stories and that sort of thing. Do I see anybody I have any regular contact with? Because while Mr. Wasif might be uh, 
the person running things, I probably don't have uh, more than passing familiarity with it. No, probably not. So there is um, one gentleman here that you know, uh, Assam. He is a uh, proofreader. Mm-hmm. And he works a lot of times in the front of house, just proofreading stories uh, and doing line editing and also sometimes serving as a a de facto, here is my story for the newspaper, here is the report. When people come in and want to report something to the news, mm-hmm. he's the person behind the desk, uh, probably with the uh, slightly arching eyebrows, rolling eyes as they you know report the next thing of what is considered newsworthy. Mm-hmm. I uh, walk over. Hello, Nassam. Oh, uh, uh, yes, uh, Otto, how are you? Ah, I'm wonderful, and how are you today? Is he? <sighs> just, just trying to track down the next big story. What is the next big story? Mm, well, it, uh, from what we're seeing here, it looks like uh, the British might be asking for uh, a little bit more levity when it comes to moving things through the Suez. The British, they are always asking for more. When they're not taking, yes. <laughs> What uh, what can I help you with? I was wondering if uh, you know I you know I of course what I do. Mm. Um, I had heard a rumor that somebody was moving was coming into town. Somebody fairly important. Truly, I into the uh, city of Cairo. What what else would we see? But uh, not many of them are American ladies. Oh. An important American lady is coming. Is it? Um, is it their queen? They, they do they have a queen? I, I assume you know it might be one of the princesses. I don't. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. No, as far as I know, they they have. Uh, it's the craziest thing. They have basically a mayor <laughs> <laughs> to to run a country. Yeah, I don't understand foreign people. Mm, that won't work. <laughs> Do you have um, any idea of her name, or I, I can only, and I, I, I hate to do this because I know that this will instantly run in the paper if I show it. But if I don't show it to him, I'll never know who it is. Mm-hmm. I have this. His eyes go wide. Oh my! A photograph. He looks at it over. I um. I don't know. Perhaps, um, perhaps one of their radio stars. Uh, perhaps. Hmm. Oh, this would be perfect for the paper, you realize. I understand, but uh, without a name, it's kind of... Uh... Hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> she wouldn't be the first pretty face to sell papers. This is, this is true, but once again, without a name, there's not much, it, it's not much help. I mean, it might not even be true. That's why I came to you, because you're the man who knows things. Hmm. You see everything. I do see many things. I have not seen her her like before. I have seen many, um, many um, beautiful women uh, in the Aspakaya Gardens or on Emma Daldeen Street in the theater district. But uh, this one, I have not seen her. Hmm. So probably not an entertainer. Hmm. If... She is an entertainer, then she is not well traveled. Doesn't make sense. One one that looks as beautiful as this. 
would be known everywhere. She would. She would. When did you say she was coming into town? Uh, sometime this week. Hmm. I'll tell you what. If you can get her name and any, um, any idea what she might be doing, um, I'm certain that it would run in the paper. I could even credit you for it. But I, but that's why I came to you. I don't know the name. Well, um, a, a woman such as this will surely be seen. Yes? I mean, people will know who she is. I, I'm obviously exasperated at this point because we're running in circles. Yes. And he says, uh, if, if, if you see her, try and catch her name and then come back with the photo and we can run it in the paper. Very well. Uh, yes. Uh, we should get together sometime for some tea. Of course. Of course. Thank you. He thanks you. I am very, very unhappy at this point. He rolled very terribly. I've got to find this name out. There's, there's no other way around it because I'm going to be at the right place at the right time. But if I don't even mm. know her name, I can't possibly get her attention. Okay. Um, if you're still in the bulletin. Why don't I pick up a copy of the bulletin and see if they have anything? Nassan tells you that um, there is a records room that maybe she's been in the paper before here, but maybe he didn't notice. Maybe it was before his time. Yeah. Why don't I, why don't I go? I mean, I'm not the best in a library. That's okay. Um, books were never my thing, but uh, I could certainly give it an effort. You can do that as well. I would like to spend 12 points of luck. In your prelude? In my prelude! Jesus. <laughs> Already starting off on a bad foot. No, I'm kidding. No, no. I, I, just, I just really want this name. Fair enough. I absolutely have to have this name. Okay. So what you find, is that a regular or a hard success? That is a regular. Okay. So you find a record of, it must be from three or four years ago, mm -hmm. a review and a reprint from a Chicago U.S. paper that lists and shows a picture of a very similar, if not younger looking woman. And they list her name in the photo credit as Maeve O'Shea, as a... U.S. born Irish singer. All of which means virtually nothing to me. Correct. But clearly an entertainer of some, some sort. Some sort of jazz singer. Mm. Uh, and they talk kind of in short about her amazing singing voice. And she looks and the reprint that they have of the photo is she can't be more than I mean maybe late teens, early 20s. She's a very young woman in that picture. Hmm. Well, now this this is very interesting. I can only assume that whoever wants her protected, uh, I mean, because obviously wants her protected, the only thing I can think of is maybe that this is uh, somebody he's supposed to marry. I... It would be very common for uh, a lover or a um, perhaps a betrothed to want to in secret maybe allow their fiance maybe their someone uh, yeah. they were planning to marry to be protected while they enjoyed a vacation in Egypt but at the same time she also wants to go to dig sites that's that's also interesting I mean it wouldn't be the first American with a fanciful idea of going to a dig site true true but now you have a name I have a name and you know when she's arriving 
And that means that tomorrow, probably likely very early, you need to get up and go to the port of Alexandria. I will go home and I will unpack. Uh, I, I will I will take off my robes and everything. I will actually take those. Uh, first, I will look at the envelope. What's in the envelope? Uh, so inside the envelope is 100 pounds sterling. Jesus Christ. Um, so compared to Egyptian dollar, yeah, it's about $500. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. It's an awful lot of money for that, you. That could get me killed. <laughs> it could. So what are you going to do with the envelope of money? I am going to go to my backpack. Mm-hmm. I am going to my back roll, which is uh, sitting at the foot of my bed. I'm going to open it up. I'm going to pull out my copy of Antiquities of Upper Egypt, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put it in there. Fair enough. And then put it back in, and then uh, I'll get dressed in my normal walkabout clothes and take a little bit of the money I, I do have and run my robes to the best cleaners that I know. That I can afford. <laughs> well, you can probably quite afford quite a bit, but you also don't want to appear as if you can afford quite a bit. Exactly. So we'll say that uh, you'll be prepared to be at location at the right time tomorrow morning in the Port of Alexandria to look for your uh, your charge. Exactly. I, I will I will escort this Miss O'Shea and her party of, I assume, um, handlers to... Uh, to wherever it is they need to go. You will. And uh, we will get to that next week. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, and welcome back, Lonnie. I'm glad to be back. We are glad to have you back for yet another installment of Masks of Neolothotep. And so uh, we thank you, our listeners, for your listening ears. 